Hey, Seattle hockey fans, it is another Seattle Kraken game day, and we are getting ready for the continuation of this five-game road trip with a special squad cast with Rachel Donner, host of Locked on Flyers. We're going to talk about, of course, the Seattle Kraken and where we stand, the mutual head coach that we have in Dave Haxtell, and some other things from around the league. So you're not going to want to miss this special squad cast with Locked on Flyers today on Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, Seattle hockey fans. Thank you for making Locked On Kraken once again your first listen of the day. We continue on with the road trip, but if you make Locked On Kraken your first listen, because we're doing a special squad cast, you have to make sure you check out Rachel and Locked On Flyers as well. We both are going to be talking about tonight's game. It will be the first time that the Flyers and the Kraken go head to head. And we're going to get into some of the players that we're, we're looking to watch, we think are going to have an, uh, a breakout game. Of course, we're going to talk about Dave Haxtell. But Rachel, I thought we would start with just kind of let's get a vibe. Like, right? It's been a while <laughs> since we spoke. Uh, the last time we spoke, we were talking about uh, uh, Trewinski and if he was going to make the roster. We have an answer to that now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. Poor kid. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's been uh, there's been a lot of roster changes for Seattle, and some decisions had to be made as we knew was going to be the we knew that was going to be the case. Then, of course, we had, you know, we were dealing with COVID protocol, which changed up a few things. But uh, already by that point, we had moved on. Um, but uh, all right, so let's get into it. Um, we have a new team, obviously, that's us, we're the new kids on the block, but we also have new broadcast teams. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on just like, what are we, like the first week or so of the NHL season? What what are some of the things that have stood out to you? I think, you know, both broadcast organizations are, you know, they're shaking the rest off too. I mean, ESPN, of course, has the longtime experience of broadcasting the NHL, but it's been a while and you can tell that for sure. And I think that TNT is working to try and integrate kind of the style with how they do the NBA broadcast into the NHL, which doesn't quite work entirely, but I think there's some really good things that they're they're trying to do there. And I think they both will get better over time. I think for me on the ESPN side, gotta love that theme music i mean it just it warms my heart here in the espn on nhl tune every single time and i like what they've done in terms of the personnel i i think that i love emily kaplan between the benches and even though both networks brought over some nbc talent which you know we can say what we want to say about how the NBC ran the show, but 
I will say this until the cows come home. Keith Jones belongs between the benches. He does not belong in the studio as an analyst. And I think it brings out the best in what he is capable of in that role. Mm, Yeah, I agree with you on Emily. I think we also see like two different styles, which I think... ESPN actually I'm not I'm I'm trying to figure out how much their hockey style for me fits into what I I perceive as the kind of network style. I think they are trying some new things in hockey um or maybe it's just that it's so new to hockey like some of the uh digital activations um but the storytelling that Emily Kaplan has been able to do is certainly on brand to where what we see elsewhere for ESPN. I agree with you with, with TNT, even some of the crossover from the NBA show, which is wildly popular with the personalities. I thought though, they had a really deep studio bench, which was a little bit like, whoa, like you've got a whole hockey team essentially in the studio. Um, So that was a little bit different. Um, And getting all of those voices who obviously know the game at a variety of levels, I think was a little bit, um, it was a it was it was a bit much. Um, yeah, I was like I had mixed feelings about it because I did like all of those people. I thought that they were a good mix of people, but I thought maybe there were too many of them, and they were each trying mm-hmm. to get like their moment in the sun, and it just yeah. it it was too much at a certain point. Yeah, it was way too much, and then there were times where and I ranted like completely ranted about this on Locked on Kraken, but there were also times where they brought in studio during live play, which we're seeing a lot of sports do all kinds of interviews and whatnot during live play. So I get that that's the trend of the market, but I just think it's really tough to hear studio or like a special interview happen during live play and then not pause that part of the package when I don't know there's like two historic goals scored back to back yeah missing those OV goals was brutal I think you know the the interview during run of play works so much better in baseball and in football where there's extended breaks in the action but in a sport like hockey that's tough Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Any sport. I mean, you can even get away with it in basketball. But again, I think it's really just a matter of hockey moves so fast. Um, And you just have to be on the same page as an as an entire unit studio in arena um, that when you get a goal, you kind of have to let the audience know that there's a goal because at the end of the day, that's, that's one of the things. So that was, like I said, I'm not going to get all worked up like I did on Locked on Kraken, but uh, (laughs) listeners can check that out. Uh, Some folks did not appreciate the rant, which, you know, I'm sticking to what I said. (laughs) Honestly, and I'm going to say that I said this on the Locked on NHL national show on Friday, but it bears repeating. Wayne Gretzky, fix your hair. Just let it go. Be natural. It's okay. It's okay. We love you. You're a legend. You don't have to do that. I promise you. That is, see, that wasn't even a part of my personal rant, but I did, I did get in some Wayne Gretzky thoughts, but we will uh, talk about that um, 
another time, another day. We'll see what week two essentially has in store for all of us, because we're going to talk next about um, a mutual that we have in common, that being Dave Haxtell. And this is a second go round for him. But also we're getting back to hockey in what was considered a you know traditional season before having to uh, make adjustments because of the global pandemic and COVID. So I think it's worth noting that there are going to be some things that we all have to adjust to. And I'm curious to hear what you think some of the things are that are specific to the Flyers. And uh, we certainly have a lot of unique circumstances for the Kraken. So that will be coming up next. But Rachel, as you know, in order for us to even be able to talk about Uh, all this stuff. We have to make sure we get our TV together. And that's getting all your logins, all your streams, all your accounts, and making sure everything is paid up. That's how I usually do it. But there's another solution, and it is direct TV stream. It's everything, all of your shows, all of uh, your live sports, everything that you have, all in one place, one device, and no annual contract is necessary. So we want you to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream so you're never missing any of your favorites, including, of course, hockey season. So head over to directtv.com to find out more about DirecTV Stream. But Rachel, again, we're going to talk. First, let's talk about the mutual Dave Haxtell. He's goatee Haxtell for us with the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> I know, um, evil Dave. <laughs> We've talked about that before in other squad casts, but, uh, you know, let's, let's start with you, uh, Dave Haxel, um, you know, obviously you know him, uh, but, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about that and also what you're thinking as the Seattle Kraken roll into town. Yeah, with Haxtell, I think it's really interesting because there's two things that I, and I believe I talked about them when we talked uh, when he was first hired, but there are two things about him that were concerning to me. Number one, his lack of ability to adjust, I think was a problem when he was with the Flyers. And the other thing is that his system that he put in place tended to have a lot of you know, shots from the point or like pretty far off and depending on sort of ricochets or, you know, garbage goals in front of the net, which sometimes materialized, but often did not. So I was kind of looking for that in the first few Kraken games. And I think, you know, on the first point about his ability to adjust, I actually thought that the game plan that the Kraken put together in the second game versus the first game was much better. And I think they were more sound defensively. And I thought they're, you know, they got better shots. And so I was impressed by that. Um, and that gave me hope that maybe he had learned something. Um, on the second point, I think he's still leaning toward that lots of shots from the point system. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, there were moments and there were certainly, you know, good plays up front, you know, right in front of the net. But I, I do think like looking at the heat maps and everything for the first three games, I did see a little bit of a, a still leaning on that as I don't know if it's his like comfort zone. But um, I don't know. That's my initial observation of him on on the Kraken so far. But, you know, what are, what are you thinking? 
You know, I think it's interesting to hear that analysis, you know, um, because I would say that the Seattle Kraken in so many ways have had to make adjustments. And so obviously some of that has to come from the coaching staff. So I do agree with you that um, I've noticed that the Seattle Kraken have been able to make adjustments and have made incremental improvements over time. Like something that burns them in one game is more often than not going to be the issue in the next game. So that's good. But now it's just a matter of like, okay, now that you focused on this, don't forget, you still have to do that other thing that we focused on the other day. And a part of that is this being a new team, a new system for a lot of the guys. So there's that. As far as the shots from the point, it's really interesting because some of the scout, the analysis, the analysis by Allison Lucan, who has been fantastic, um, as well as JT Brown and Everett Fitzhugh, who are all a part of the, uh, our broadcast team, um, has been, let's get bodies in front. Um, and let's be a little bit more of a presence. I actually think in the game that we just played against the Blue Jackets, you saw a little bit more of that. And I think for the Kraken, they're going to have to find a way to play that game, even though a lot of our height um, is built up on the back end on defense. So when you're not on a power play and if you're not kind of, you know, having your defender operate uh, and kind of quarterback that, then where do you get that size from to be able to be effective, right? As, as far as, um, you know, getting some of those garbage goals and really being physical and aggressive. So I think they're going to have to figure out that style of play. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I do have hope, you know, people can learn and grow and I, I hope that, his time in Toronto helped him learn maybe some different methodology and, and different approaches. And so far, I, I think that it's very promising, especially, you know, given the personnel they have on the forward side of things. I think, you know, I mean, three games is small sample size, as they say. But I, I do think that you're right, that he is making those adjustments and, you know, he's switching things up to to go with what he has. Um, I, I did want to ask like how is the temperature of the fan base and the team in terms of okay now we've got all those like first out of the way like how are we settling into the routine of the season and like being in it for the long haul yeah I think it's an interesting question because I'm not sure that we have overcome all of the firsts right uh so we got a, we got the first win we also got the first loss we got our first overtime we got our first overtime loss but we haven't had our first winning streak for example as an yeah. example we haven't had our first home game which is gonna be a big one so I feel like once we get past the 23rd October 23rd climate pledge arena is officially open because I I don't know if you noticed, but we hadn't gotten updates on Climate Pledge in a really long time. I was like, are we on track? Like, are we going to have a... a, a, a <laughs> but yes, it's all good. So I was worrying for nothing. But I think once we get through that and maybe even like the first few games of the homestand, which essentially takes us through the end of this month, October, I think then we'll be able to settle in. But that, that being said, it's still exciting. Um, the broadcast for Root Sports always, I love how John Forslund will say, oh, look, it's the Seattle Kraken fan base, you know, Columbus chapter or wherever they are. So uh, today it'll be, you know, the Philadelphia chapter, if there are any fans in the audience that they zoom in on. So there's a lot of excitement, not just in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, but throughout the league. And that's been exciting. 
that's really good to hear. And um, I certainly hope the building is ready <laughs> for them on that first game. Although I'm, I'm not going to lie, like the road jerseys are so nice that it might be like slightly let down just to see the home jerseys. They are for, nice. For the They're Kraken. I like I like the the dark blue though I really do so it'll be cool to see those also you know in contrast to the ice itself um, so I'm looking forward to that yeah a- another thing is that you know obviously the Kraken have had a short lifespan so far and a lot of people were super surprised with how the Kraken approached the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. and you know taking a lot of depth guys and now that they played together quite a bit um does that approach make more sense now do you think i think the approach for me and again i have the benefit of coming into this season it being the first full nhl season that i'm covering so in some ways that has been a huge benefit because any of the residual feelings or uh, kind of biases I don't necessarily have. Um, but I think also it's allowed me to really focus on Seattle Kraken hockey from inception. And while there was a lot of criticism on, on the selections, I never felt that even for the pieces and elements and players that are not either you know, on the NHL roster and are, are have been assigned to Charlotte or who have been traded away. I never felt that it was, we were really um, straying from what Ron Francis said um, that he wanted as far as a team. So for me, it's been all about character, culture. We hear that a lot. And I think we see that that's the strongest point for the Seattle Kraken right now. Why do I say that? Well, we've either had to come from behind or have blown a lead in every single game we've played so far. And a lot of that makes sense as a new team. But when you have guys that maybe aren't the highest scoring people, but they all come from a philosophy and buy into a philosophy of we're just going to work the system. We're going to do what we can to, to build up and, and stay true to the system that makes times of, Uh, adversity a lot easier than when you don't have a lot of those elements. So I I think that has been helpful. Now, how that will manifest long-term, we still have to figure out. And we also know that there's some elements such as Yanni Gord um, that are missing right now. Colin Blackwell has not even reported with an injury. So, um, but then we've also made some additions, such as Alex Barre-Boulet, who I think is fantastic. Ryan Donato has already shown that he has the potential to be a different player than his reputation in the NHL. So I think I, I was on board with what the Kraken said they were doing. I think more often than not, they were able to execute. And when things didn't work out, which I thought would be the case, they made adjustments very quickly. And it's to be determined long-term how that will work out. But I think the, the upside is good. Yeah. It, it seems like it. I, uh, I think one of the things that was the most impressive to me about what they did putting together the team was the goaltending duo mm. with Grubauer and Dreger. And I'm just curious, you know, Grubauer has played all three games so far. Uh, who do you think that, Jeter will get a shot in net against the Flyers or or who do you think will be on the ice? 
Sure. So Jay and I spoke about this when we did our squad cast before the series against the Blue Jackets that that we just had over the weekend. And I felt that Grubauer is the ace as far as I'm concerned. They are going to split time, though. Uh, that has been since the expansion draft before Grubauer was even on the team. Ron Francis told us that. Um, but I felt that Gruby needed another start. I think he's been solid. He certainly saved the Seattle Kraken in that second, or excuse me, in the third period of that, uh, the first ever win when they got the win uh, against Nashville. But I, I just think you want your your top goaltender to get as many reps as are going to make him comfortable, because I would imagine he's probably getting the start for the home opener. That being said, I think he got that, took it to overtime against the Blue Jackets, ultimately a loss, but got points. So I would not be surprised if we see Drieger uh, in Philadelphia, um, especially because it's back-to-back. I mean, Philly and Jersey are not far, as we both know, but it's still travel, and, you know, that still wears on the body. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Drieger in Philly and or in New Jersey for this last stretch of, of, the, um, of the road series that they have, the five-game road series. Yeah, I'm fairly certain the Flyers are going to put Carter Hart in that. Um, it's two days in between the other game and uh i think that they're gonna go with him as long as there's enough rest between for the time being yeah i think um it was definitely a goalies duel in in columbus um Drieger, or excuse me, Grubauer, I think did a great job. Drieger, I think similarly to what I said about Gruby is going to need some time to get comfortable. And he talked about that in preseason. You know, he played in a lot of games where he didn't get a lot of shots and he was a little disappointed in that. That's just how the cookie crumbles, you know, not a lot of shots for him. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. And it's, it's weird to say, because obviously this is not the preseason. This is for real, but, for the Kraken in particular, there's just a little bit of extra work that they're going to have to put in to settle into the regular season. And so patience is not one of my strong suits, but <laughs> it will have to be for this particular team. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk next about, we got into it a little bit, Rachel, but we're going to really get into what we want to see come tonight tonight that is coming up next on our squad cast here but uh rachel we got to talk about another team member that i know for me personally really keeps me going especially when i was covering the seattle kraken preseason out in the pacific northwest i was carrying built bars everywhere because you know how it goes you know sessions run late uh you're waiting on media avail and all the while just really wanting to eat and like just crush lunch, but you gotta wait. You gotta wait to get the job done. So Built Bar has been helpful for me. Nine original flavors, and there are some specialty flavors right now. It's the cookie dough chunk. Rachel, have you tried the cookie dough chunk? Like, what's your vibe? What's your what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? So I am not a chocolate person. I know it's weird, but so my personal favorites are the raspberry, the cherry barcia, and the salted caramel. Mm-hmm. They are perfect. I always have one of those in my bag when I'm on the go. 
I love it. And why do we love it? So I know chocolate, not your thing, but all of the bars are covered in chocolate and we're getting, you know, 130 to 180 calories. We're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein, which is what makes it great while you're running around doing a bunch of things, put it in your gym bag, put it in, you know, your tech bag as you're going. But the great thing is that it's, you know, a healthier choice because it's only four to five grams of net carbs, four to five grams of sugar, and every single flavor is delicious. So we want you to get in on all of the Built Bar deliciousness. So if you use promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off at Built.com. Again, Built Bar, great protein bar, official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And if you use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com, you will get 15% off your next order. So happy snacking. All right, Rachel. It's time, it's time to get into what usually is like my least favorite part because I don't like making just kind of random predictions like score lines. I'm always wrong. Like I'm terrible at those things. But what I do <laughs> have a pretty good, I, I like better, like who do we think can make an impact on this game? Who have we seen, you know, whether it's in the last several years or the last several games, especially for the Kraken, just is getting into a flow and can have a, an impact and can have a breakout game. So we'll start with Philly. What are you expecting? We already talked a little bit about goaltending and who you think will go, uh, but what are your thoughts on on the lineup and, and maybe who some of the impact players that Kraken fans should be looking out for come tonight? So the Flyers have only played one game so far this season. The schedule has been wonky that way uh, with some teams well into it, but I think that for the Flyers, there's two things. Number one, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen was not in the first game uh, because of a slight injury. So it looks like he's going to be ready to go for tonight's game, but we'll see when they make that call. And I think that as far as you know, impact players go, I am loving Cam Atkinson, Philadelphia Flyer. I think that... He just brings such a raw energy to the team and something that had been lacking in the squad last year was a shoot first mentality. And Cam Atkinson is that guy. He's just going to put a ton of shots on net and he scored a goal in that first game. That was a shootout loss to the Canucks uh, last Friday. And I just think that he's like kind of the high end leader standout player that you're going to see from the flyers uh, as far as a little more under the radar guy i you know i keep saying this but oscar lindblom is a name that's known throughout the league for his cancer diagnosis but he's a really good hockey player and so i think that he is going to make a real strong impact on the team this season on the ice he has just got incredible vision um, in the preseason, we saw him dish a couple of like blind passes from behind the net that led to goals from other people. And I, I just think he's a lot of fun to watch out there. Mm -hmm. I love it. And you mentioned that it's been a little bit lopsided. So Philly's still getting, uh, you know, ramped up here but in the metropolitan division you already have like uh pittsburgh's played three games the rangers have played three games um so um we'll see how everything 
kind of falls there. As far as the Seattle Kraken, obviously we've had a handful of games, uh, already had three games. This will be our fourth. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're right about on pace to what we thought we would be in the Pacific division, which of course everyone reminds us is not a great division. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, right now in second place, so we will take it uh, with three points on the board. But as far as the Seattle Kraken, um, impact players have really been um, the line with uh, Morgan Geeky, Tanev, and I believe I mentioned earlier uh, in passing Ryan Donato. Um, and so that's been a, a really fun and exciting game. I think going into Columbus, like they were the most effective or like the highest ranked line and you know, some kind of NHL stats, whatever, just because Donato in particular had been potting a lot of goals. And now we've seen Brandon Tanev open up. So I think that's exciting. I am still looking to see what I call uh, the triple J line and see how effective that they can be. Uh, that's Jared McCann centering Jordan Everly and Jason Schwartz and Jaden, excuse me, Schwartz. Lots of J names. I kind of joke around sometimes. It's like, <laughs> they're, they're a boy band, but um, <laughs> hopefully they can uh, do nothing but crank out hits here. I'd love to see that line get going because they were really great to watch in the preseason and we'll see what happens. I do think it's going to be Drieger. So I know that he wanted a little bit more from himself in the preseason and in training camp, as far as this is an opportunity for him to be a part of a goalie tandem that again is in the preseason by a lot of experts ranked pretty high, like third behind Tampa and long islands, like, uh, or excuse me, New York Islanders. They play on long Island, but you know, <laughs> they're the New York Islanders but um yeah I think it'll be interesting to see if we do get to see Drieger tonight like how he steps up and steps into that role so I'm definitely looking to see him make an impact and if like I think it will be him in the net either tonight or whenever he gets that first start so I don't know Rachel like I said I'm not great with predicting scores but let's just do it for fun. Um, we can kind of talk broad strokes here. Given what you've seen from the team, how this team has been responding in preseason games and with the one game that you have, do you have a sense for if this can be or will be a high-scoring Flyers team or are they going to want to keep it close and low-scoring? I think one of the things that they needed to work on from the first game was staying out of the penalty box and because the Canucks got two power play goals in on the Flyers. So I think that if they stay out of the box, they could probably keep the Kraken, you know, out of the net a little bit better. But yeah, I think that'll be the key for the Flyers is, you know, staying out of the penalty box and then shoring up that defense, especially with Ristolainen back in the lineup. I think that'll help a little bit. And so I, I'm hoping that the Flyers top line will kick it up a notch. I think they got a lot of energy out of that first game um, in terms of comeback goals uh, potted by them. So I am thinking they'll get at least three. On the Flyers side, I think I think three is probably about the right number from the Flyers. Okay, three is pretty much on track as far as with the Columbus game being the outlier so far. But three is about on track for what the Seattle Kraken give up 
in a game. So <laughs> we'll see how that works. Again, I, I'm thinking we might have a new attendee in net. So we'll see how that works out. But um, so if, if the Flyers are going to be able to push three on the board, um, I would like to see the Seattle Kraken be able to um, establish their game, play a full 60 minutes. We have not seen that. Again, I don't know that we've seen many teams do that. It's still early in the season. So. Certainly not the Flyers. So. <laughs> willing to give a little bit of grace there. Again, everything is new, but... If, if the Flyers are, if you're putting three up on the board for the Flyers, that probably means that the Seattle Kraken, once again, are either going to have to come from behind if they want to win or that they were unable to maintain a lead. We've seen both things happen throughout the regular season so far. Uh, so the keys for the Kraken, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is really relying on that character, knowing like, okay, we can, we were built to weather the storm and adversity. That's what the Seattle Kraken lean on, and that's what has been able to, when they go down two goals in the first period, three goals in the first period to come back. But what I'd like to see the evolution be is maybe not always have to come from behind and maybe like figure out a way to really lock down a lead. I know the, even the win against Nashville, the team felt that they were playing it safe. Um and we're trying not to lose as opposed to being focused on getting a win. It's, it's, it seems like a slight change, but it, the, the mentality is different there as opposed to going and getting what you feel is yours versus like, Oh, like I, I hope, I hope this happens. So I, I'd like to see them get a little bit more aggressive, get a little bit more sure in their game. But if, if the flyers are scoring three, I, I'm going to say, of course I have to, I have to go with the crack in here. So we're going to get, we're going to get a, a four, three win on the road over the flyers. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anything's possible in this league. That is very true. Well, always a pleasure to squad cast it up. As I like to say, we here at locked on Kraken um, always love being able to talk to other co-hosts because everything is new and we want our fan base to know what you know about now who are our favorite players <laughs> as now they have transitioned to a new team. But Rachel, we have here uh, for those watching on YouTube and we certainly will have in the show notes how people can follow you. But I'm just curious if, uh, if you have anything upcoming or if there's some games circled on the Flyers schedule that you are really excited to talk about on Locked on Flyers coming up. Yeah, later this week, uh, it's actually next weekend, the Flyers are going to be facing the Florida Panthers for the first time this season, and they are a really good team that have made some interesting moves, and I am very curious to see how the Flyers stack up against them. So we'll be doing a lot of in-depth looking at the Panthers and seeing what the Flyers can do to match up. Yeah, we have of course, not seen the Florida Panthers, but you might get to see a former Panther goalie if my prediction stands uh, tonight. So we'll see how that goes. But Rachel, we love what you're doing over at Locked on Flyers. So we want to make sure that depending on who's listening from what channel, we want to make sure that all of our listeners are making, at least for today, 
Locked on Kraken and Locked on Flyers, their first and second listen of the day. And once they're done with that, especially, I don't know about you, but I joined a fantasy league, had to do an auto draft because I was covering a Kraken game, so I'm not too excited about that. But, oh, no. you, know, you, you do what you got to do. But the great thing is that as a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, we have Locked on Fantasy Hockey. So it's really going to help people like me and everyone else out there really get your team together so you can find Locked on Fantasy Hockey just like every other show on the Locked on Podcast Network, wherever you get podcasts and for free. So we, you've got your first listen, you've got your second listen, and now make sure you head over to Locked on Fantasy Hockey as well. And we've got lots of options. There's no shortage of hockey <laughs> on the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs> Gotta love it gotta love it for sure well rachel again thank you so much um i want to wish you luck on the season but not tonight (laughs) i think same goes to you fair enough we'll take it we'll take it thanks again